nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Kareem Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Welcome to a bonus, emergency, whatever you want to call it, uh, edition of the Managing Madrid podcast where we are making history. It's the first time ever we are doing an impromptu podcast for a Real Madrid loanee, not an A-team player, not a Champions League final victory, not a huge superstar signing, not a coach getting sacked, about a player who just turned 21 yesterday a right-back on loan over at Borussia Dortmund who put his team on his back after they were down 2-0 at halftime, went into another gear and essentially saved their season. Uh, to to join me, Keon Sabani, to talk about this very exciting game from Atrap Hakimi where he scored two goals, his fourth goal of the Champions League in four games and his fifth game, fifth goal of the season. Uh, joining me is Matt Wiltsey. Matt, how you doing? Kian, round two, and I'm doing great. Yeah, I mean, four goals in the Champions League. He has more than all of Real Madrid right now, and he's the third top scorer. Uh, he's behind Holland, who's got seven, and then Robert Lewandowski's got five. Um, but he's right there, joint top for third top scorer. So just unbelievable from our right, our low knee right back. So the context of this is that this is his, actually his first game as right back, isn't it? Or has I, I think the last two games he played at on the wing for in the Champions, Champions League. Champions League, yeah, yep. yeah. So overall, because Matt is saying part two because earlier today we recorded uh, a huge loan tracker edition for our patrons only. If you want access to that, Patreon.com/slash Managing Madrid. Uh, I don't know how long this podcast will be. Obviously, you will know when you're listening to it. Uh, I'm going to guess ten minutes or so, but who knows. Um, but we we just basically had to talk about this game. Um, part one, we we went through when we discussed the fact that it's been six games running now that Ashraf has played on the wing in a, in a different role than one he's accustomed to, but in a role that almost seemed not permanent, but more than an experiment because it was six games running. He scored goals from that position. He's slung assists from that position. Um, he played in that position against Inter. On the weekend, he played on the left wing. Um, but keep in mind, Sancho did not play that game. Sancho was back for this game, which means Sancho went to the right. Hakimi went back to right back with uh, with peace check on the bench. So I got to tell you, Matt, <laughs> I, uh, I saw Inter play in the first half, and I thought it was an unbelievable masterclass. And I, I can't remember the last time I saw a tale of two halves this dramatic where the first half Inter looked like almost like Italy from Euro 2000 with their defensive scheme. They were impenetrable um, and their counterattack was so lethal with Lautaro on the counter especially. But they're, even their they're passing the sequence in like entire like minute or two build up to their second goal was awesome. And... Uh, I mentioned this on Twitter. It just, they seem like they have this ability to demoralize you um, because 
they basically picked up every single pass that Dortmund tried to build up on the counter. In transition, they got back so quickly. And on rare moments where they gave a gift to inter- to Dortmund or they were a bit behind, Dortmund were just so devoid of confidence in those moments that Julian Brandt like, misplaced a million passes. Um, some of Ashraf's cu- cutbacks weren't good. But like the first game against Inter in Milan, a lot of the any of the danger that they were able to create in that first half was a quick switch to Atref on the right where he, he tried to make something happen. And then in the second half, I couldn't believe. I, I saw no way for Dortmund to come back. But they did somehow, defying all odds. They came out of halftime. They put in an unbelievable counterpress, um, relentless against Inter, completely dominated them in every facet of the game. Uh, essentially saved their season because Sancho and Atref went to another gear. You and I talked about this, Matt, um, last week or I don't know. I don't know when it was, which episode it was now. Alcacer makes a difference when he's in the team. And he came on the second half. He provided them a different approach in the in the second half. Um, I, I, I can't believe it. And this was best case scenario, not only as a Real Madrid fan, but also as a neutral because all of a sudden this group is in complete whack now because um, it goes 8.77, I believe. So that's Barcelona are far from safe. At the beginning of the match day, you would put your money on them at the very least advancing from the group if not finishing first. Now they're only one point ahead and they have to play both these two teams in the next two games, which is fascinating. And they're not, I mean, they're not looking convincing either. But to, no. to keep us uh, on track with Ashraf, though, I think let's just talk about his goals. I mean, the first one, the first one was a little bit of a, I feel like he almost scuffed it a little bit. He yeah. didn't hit it quite right, but it worked. It worked. It went into the back of the net. And then the second one, the game winner, make it 3-2. He, I mean, it was, I think this is something he does so well. It's the quick one-two. So he, he, Beats his man on the dribble, which is another thing we've talked about quite a bit, is just how good he is at completing dribbles, especially high up the pitch. Um, so he beats his man on the dribble, gives the ball, I think it was to Sancho, right? And then gets yep. it back, gets it back through. And those two, what a tandem they were. Yeah. And so he gets it back and uh, just slots a really good, calm, composed finish um, and just slots it home and then goes running to the fans on top. And there's now like this... I feel like it's already just an epic picture of him just on top of the stands holding his hand out to all the Dortmund fans. And so yeah. um, that, that was just, that was great. And just, it's so cool. So cool to see. And like you said, he just turned 21. So this is quite a, quite a way to celebrate your birthday. The funny thing about that whole sequence and the celebration was it was so, so crazy that I found myself jumping. I was so into this game. I was so, <laughs> like, I actually stepped away. I don't even remember what the goal was until I went and watched it after the game. And then I come back to the screen, Atraf st- standing on the stands with his arms up to the crowd. And then the screen cuts to Conte, who is just in disbelief at what he's seeing. <laughs> um, it was it was awesome. It was, it was Dortmund. It was basically um, the yellow wall at its best in that moment where Atraf scored. The thing the two things I wanted to note about those two goals. The first the first goal obviously you said like the shot, you know, maybe got a little bit lucky with it, but I want to point out the movement on both goals. Where how did he end up on the first goal? Depp was nowhere close to his right back slot, but was essentially yeah, he was acting, in the box. He was in the box in the 6-yard box and the ball yeah. was coming from his flank, not the opposite flank where he could drift in the other way. 
he was just there, and he if you watch him off the ball, he's just tr- just trying to get open, um, and he does. He kind of just shakes off his defender and gets loose and, and gets free for a shot. And the second goal, the pass and move sequence, which you talked about, was awesome because that's essentially how you break a team like Inter is he passed that and then sprinted past, I think it was Skriniar, and Skriniar was uncomfortable dealing with Atraf all game, but he sprinted past Skriniar and then got the ball back and then from another tight angle. I just, when I saw that it was Atraf again scoring, I couldn't believe it because he scored up until he scored the first goal. That was, he had scored all three other Champions League goals, three or, yeah, three other Champions League goals. And then, uh, obviously, the fourth one was scored by uh, uh, Julian Brandt, who had a great second half. And then Atraf scores again and completes his brace in the 77th minute to win 3-2. So, just remarkable stuff. And you can't, I mean, you can't ask for anything more from him alone. For him to be playing in these types of games, starting yeah. and just scoring goals. And, I mean, that's that's what you look for in a loan move. And, we talked about it, Keon, is that he really has developed, like, offensively, he has come leaps and bounds from where he was with us two years ago at Real Madrid, or a year, a year and a half ago. Yep. So, uh, defensively, we both agree he still has some room to improve, but offensively, he's just been a monster. And I don't know, did you see his quotes after the game? I did not, know. What did he say? Okay, so he, he was asked a couple... He's asked about Zidane and Real Madrid after the game and Barcelona because obviously they're in his group. Mm. And um, well, he asked first. He was asked what about the position change and everything like that. And he said, "I just try to prove to the coach that he can count on me in whatever position he puts me in." And then they asked him a question about Zidane. And he said, I, "I will always wish Zidane the best. I will always want the best for him." Um, and then he goes on to say that he wasn't surprised by Barca's draw versus Prague because it's a very tough group. And then all to, then the last question, which is um, probably what most Real Madrid fans want to hear, he's asked about Real Madrid, and he said, uh, the question was, will you return to Real Madrid? He said, why not? It's my home. I grew up there. We'll see, we'll see at the end of the season. So, I mean, every time he's asked about Real Madrid, he always is, speaks glowingly, and he's always pretty much open to the move. And, um, well, I mean, we got to... This is obviously a huge, huge performance from him, and he's he's doing really well. But we we want to make sure that he continues this for the whole year because we saw it last year where him and Dortmund just tailed off really, really bad. So that's awesome. And if we if we want to bring uh, Odegaard into this discussion, we could because I'd say what I the two traits, intangible traits that are not necessarily related to, to talent and football skill and your touch and your uh, and your football IQ, etc. Um, both Atraf and Odegaard this season have had moments where their team's back was against the wall and they had nothing going for them and they needed someone to rise them up. And being two really young players in their team, they both raised the call. Um, Odegaard, we've seen him multiple times, but the one that sticks out to me was the one against Athletic, uh, in the Bass Derby, which they ultimately lost, but was he was lauded that game for just being the only one trying to fight and and kind of pull his team out of the mud. And this game, I, I'm not kidding. Like Dortmund was dead; they were completely dead in this game. I'm not, and I'm not saying it was only Atraf who stepped up in the second half, but he, even in the first half, even in the first game in Milan, even in this one, uh, he just he was he he played with a certain swagger that was exciting. 
um, and you want to talk about values of Maledissimo and f- fighting till the end and um, and all that stuff. He has he has those traits. Um, just great signs because this was not this was not just a regular Champions League game. This was huge for them because if they lose this, they're basically saying goodbye to the to their Champions League run. So to be two 0 down back against the wall in that situation and then come back win 3-2, scoring two goals along the way. And by the way, he almost scored a third when him and Sancho had a very similar combination again to make it 4-2. Uh, and again, he shoots him in a cute angle and that one goes wide. So like he could have, it could have been a hat-trick. I don't know, but... Um, he could have had a... I mean, he could have had assist too. Yeah, Early in the game, he played that cross to Goetze. Yeah. I mean, that was a perfect, perfect ball. So. Yeah, that was, a, that was a really good pass, yeah. So... Um, <clears throat> Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? No, I mean, I, th- I think we, I think we covered it. And I think uh, just again, this kid—he's got Champions League in his veins. I mean, that's that's what he grew up in Madrid. It's no wonder. Um, I'm excited for you to go and watch the Chelsea highlights. I, I'm blown away because I watched them right before we started recording, and there's uh, it's just crazy uh, to see. <laughs> I I'm glad I watched the Dortmund game. I do not regret it, but uh, the Chelsea game definitely looks like it would have been a close second to tune into. So <laughs> yeah, go yeah. watch those highlights. Uh, so for everyone listening, Matt and I we recorded uh, our Lone Tracker segment this this morning which was only for patrons. And that's every Tuesday we review every Real Madrid loanee uh, from their performances on the weekend. That's patreon.com slash managingmadrid if you want access to that. Tomorrow night's post-game show against Galatasaray, that's only for patrons too. So if you want access to that, patreon.com slash managingmadrid. Hope you enjoyed this quick, quick hitter in your RSS feeds, um, either Tuesday night or Wednesday morning on your way to work or school or whatever. And uh, we'll catch you guys tomorrow night. And Hala Madrid. Hala Madrid.